Welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. A common thread among top HR leaders is their diverse background. They spent time as payroll analysts, benefit specialists, and talent managers. This breadth of experience has allowed them to develop the global business acumen required to sit at the strategy table and help shape business decisions. I'm here with Simon Kellner, Executive Director, Global Talent Management at Merck, to discuss the need for HR to develop a global business acumen. Welcome, Simon. How are you? Hi, Alan. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you very much for, uh, for taking part. Um, Simon, would you mind telling us a bit more about your, your role at Merck? Hi. Of course, I will. Um, so first, a few words about Merck MSD. Uh, Merck, Merck is an innovative global pharmaceutical company. We have about just nearly 70,000 employees around the world, and our mission is to save and improve lives. Uh, many of you outside the U.S. would know Merck by the name of MSD. We trade under that name outside of the U.S. My current role is really focused on um, our long-term talent strategy at Merck. We have a sort of a 10-year business strategy, and we have developed a 10-year talent strategy aligned to that. And some of my main foci today are around developing and designing future employment models and ways that we might engage talent given some of the megatrends that we see, such as digitization, worker independence, globalization, and generational shifts. So it's really around looking at how we might engage with talent given some of those megatrends. I understand that you know, pre- previous to your current role as well, you have you know, an abundance of global international experience um, as an HR business partner. Yes, uh, I've I've been just over 20 years in HR, of which just just over half of that has been within Merck MSD, um, in a range of roles, uh, both as a business partner uh, at a country and global level, uh, and also in centre of expertise roles uh, in both compensation, talent uh, in terms of talent development, but also uh, I led our talent acquisition function outside the US. So I've had the opportunity to take on a range of roles at different uh, perspectives because working at a country level versus regional versus global affords you a very different insight into the business. And uh, I was also fortunate enough to have the opportunity to live and work in multiple countries. So we've lived in the U.S. where we are today. This is our second time in the U.S. We've lived in Israel, in the U.K., and in Switzerland. So each all of those perspectives have helped uh, give us... Uh, um, unique insight and, and perspectives, and, and as I often talk about with my kids, they've, they've received a, a lot of skills in, in, in adaptation. So you, you are you're very well positioned to, to be able to speak then about the you know, business acumen on a, on a global scale within within HR. How would you say, from your perspective and your experience, then that uh, how does HR develop global business acumen? That's a very good question, and I'd actually probably split that into two elements. How do we develop business acumen within HR professionals? And then also, how do we develop more of a global mindset and global adaptability for our HR leaders? Um, so if I first look at, look at the view of, of developing business acumen, there are multiple ways of developing that, and I'll, I'll just talk about a few. The, one of the ones that I've actually benefited from myself personally has been the ability to rotate amongst a range of roles uh, in different aspects of the business. And whether that's within one company 
or doing that as you build your career across a range of companies, getting an understanding of um, the research and development process, if there is that aspect in your business or how your products or services get developed or designed, um, getting an understanding of the manufacturing processes in terms of uh, um, you know, making what, whatever it is that we, or that we sell, and, and then getting an understanding of the commercial aspects and going to market and the sales operations. They are all very different, and being able to see across those helps you understand the, the entire value chain of the business. In additionally, actually getting a view in some of the support functions like finance and HR, as an HR professional supporting them is also valuable, particularly the finance side, because uh, then you get to see across the enterprise and understand um, how we deal with things like Wall Street um, or investors, how we ensure we have money in the right place uh, in terms of cash flow in the business to pay our bills, etc. So all of those perspectives are very, very valuable, as well as the the elevation is not necessarily the word I'm looking for, but the the angle at which you're looking at in, in at it, whether it be global, regional, or local. The second, I would say, is really via learning and curiosity. Um, I do a lot of work with many of our HR leaders you know, uh, across the organization, HR business partners and members of uh, centers of expertise to encourage reading materials such as the quarterly earnings, going through analyst reports, discussing them, um, and also talking with people and asking questions. So if you get a chance to talk with, um, you know, often as HR leaders, we have counterparts uh, working very closely with us in finance, really spending time and talking and understanding the, the mechanics of the business. The third one, uh, in terms of developing business acumen, uh, that I, and it really depends upon whether, whether you're, uh, your, your, your company will allow it, is actually spending time in the business. Uh, if you could get a role uh, outside of HR, uh, it would be terrific. And I, I, some of the most amazing HR leaders I know personally have really spent time. They've taken you know, a three-year role or a couple of roles um, outside of HR in the business, and it's really helped strengthen their, their understanding uh, and their ability then to ask questions. Um, so it's that curiosity. It's the taking opportunities and asking a lot of questions. That's on the business acumen side. If I move over to the global mindset, it's interesting actually because many years ago um, when I was leading um, the talent acquisition function for, for, for Merck uh, outside of the US, um, I was asked by my US counterpart to come and talk to their team about my experience globally. And the person was quite candidly hoping that I would um, you know, teach them how to come and work with China, how better to work with India, you know, how to work with, quote, unquote, the Europeans. Um, and I thought long and hard about it before I went into the session. And I ended up actually opening the session talking about U.S. history, American culture, American values, of which I was certainly no expert in. Um, and I'm equally no expert in Chinese or, or Indian or other um, values and cultures. However, it was all about, for me, taking your glasses off. If you wear a pair of uh, spectacles or glasses, the lens, of the values, the, the culture that, 
we have all grown up in, whether it be, in my case, I grew up in England, I spent a lot of my years in Israel, those experiences shape the way I look at the world. But for somebody who's grown up in America, the American values and, and culture dominates how they interpret what they see. And so being able to take, understand that bias, that lens that you, that all of us look through the world, look at, look, look at the world through, is very valuable. And being able to, to sort of take that off for a minute, and then interpret, interpret the rest of the world in a more generic sense, um, without having that cultural bias that we have, really helps. So, I think it's all, it, it's understanding the biases that you have, and recognizing that the rest of the world doesn't look at it through that lens. And it was it. And I, as I go around the world, I can't claim to to be an expert in any of the cultures that I engage with, but I can try to make sure that I don't bring some of my biases to the table. And then I go in and I ask lots of questions. Uh, another um, another angle to that is actually something very practical that we did recently. One of my HR colleagues was given uh, a remit to develop the global mindset across our HR population. And as part of that, she actually sent out a whole series of articles for us, um, for us all to read across the organization and asked us to you know, pick whichever articles were most meaningful for us. And to, she started a blog and got a, about two or 300 of us blogging and discussing um, what we'd learned. And um, and then each of us had to, within our organizations, discuss it. And it, there was some fantastic perspectives coming out because you've got people from all over the world sharing their perspective on what, what, a, what a global mindset means. And, and there were some both academic materials and some more practical materials. Um, and, you know, a lot of what came out of that, and, you know, one article that really, really struck me was an article by uh, Dr. Jav Javidan, who was at Thunderbird. Um, and he was highlighting uh, some of the competences around operating across boundaries and sort of highlighted there's inter you know, global intellectual capital, global psychological capital, and global social capital. But this is really around you know, how people are in terms of their outlook on life, how they mm -hmm. want to explore different cultures how they're able to grasp concepts, um, uh, how they're willing to take risk, um, how people are um, you know, willing to go into uncomfortable situations and you know, potentially have consequences from that, people's ability to uh, show empathy across cultures. So there are a lot of materials out there, and it was very, very helpful to actually engage in a discussion around that across the company and open up some of those uh, um, uh, perceptions, right or wrong, that existed amongst uh, amongst our HR community. So within that, within your team and within sort of broader HR leaders within the business and, and as a whole, externally outside of Merck, how how do you feel that HR leaders can get their teams to to think globally? I think it starts with obviously the mindset of the leader in terms of um, you know wanting to expose them to different environments. And, and I think it starts with exposure to different people and helping the team, you know, a lot of coaching of the team to understand that depending upon where somebody's coming from, they may look at the very same issue with a completely different interpretation. 
um, and it could be down to language, it could be down to culture, uh, it could be down to a value system, or even just an experience that someone's been through. It's almost like, you know, we talk often, uh, we talk so much about the word diversity, but this is really diversity in action. You know, when you're, if you want to work in, uh, in a global world, you have to be able to recognize that sometimes you have to do things slower because you have to bring everybody along and everybody understanding the same word, the same action differently. Um, and so the more you can expose, um, individuals and teams and put teams together with people from different backgrounds around the world, as hard as that might be, the longer term benefit is, is exponential. The other side or another angle um, that I uh, often encourage leaders to think about is that even the word global means different things to different people. For some people, when they hear the word global or global, acting globally, they interpret it to be one standard. For others, they interpret it to be complete localization. And in the middle probably lies the sweet spot, and there are different areas of the middle depending upon different organizations. And there will be some organizations that one standard does make a lot of sense. But it, it does require a lot of thought and discussion in terms of understanding what is it is it, what from a true business need needs to be globally standard and what can stay local. I also like to flip that on its head sometimes and say that thinking globally may well represent seeking out great programs that exist locally in certain markets and simply sharing them, sharing good practice. Often solutions developed at a very local level in a country have far greater stickiness as such in other markets. And often then what we need to do is to sort of share those ideas. And a third angle to this is also developing individuals who are operating in local markets who might have a very local perspective to understand the value of the enterprise as well as developing people in big global corporate roles to understand the value of local diversity and sort of flipping between those two elements of a, of a continuum as such. Is, is, is very helpful in, in developing people to think through a lens of what the business needs in different places at different times. I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little bit before. Other than you know, international or short-term assignments for, for people, what, what other ways are there to, to expose employees to the different aspects of the organization globally? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question because, you know, first of all, the international assignments are highly risky and highly expensive, um, and there's a limit to what we can, you know, we can't put everybody on international assignments. I don't think there's an easy answer to this one. There are, and, and I would actually like to, at the end, I'll mention a few words around how you prepare people for international assignments, because I think that's that's important really? as well. Yeah. But okay. um, a lot of it can be done through getting people exposed to, to different teams and global teams, and putting, when you put a team together, think carefully, around giving people the exposure from either local markets into corporate or into regional or from corporate or sort of the global teams, you know, mixing with people around the world. So they get to build their network mm. and they get to build their understanding of working with different people. The other aspect is being clever about leveraging 
business travel and projects. Um, I remember a client that I had, um, I was HR business partner to our uh, one of our major divisions, and um, I was supporting a client that had about 2,000 people globally, and they had a proposal coming in for about 30 new expats. Um, and, you know, the cost of that to all of us in HR, yeah, we, know, we know how crazy that can be. And we went through a process with each one, really looking carefully at what the need was. And, and through, through a, a process, we, um, we switched some to business travel, we switched some to projects, some to be collaborations, really trying to understand the need. And I think we reduced it down to about six or seven at the end. Um, but everybody who we considered for a propose, for an expat at the beginning of those 30 people was going to get their development through one of those mechanisms I just mentioned in terms of projects or collaboration or, or, or business travel and mentoring. So uh, the other side is actually providing um, mentors across the business. Um, we recently um, set up a new um, IT center uh, in in Eastern Europe, and uh, in order to maintain connectivity between all the people in in that organization and the core in the U.S., we we put together a mentoring program between those two sites. So we built people's networks, and so there was a benefit both ways for people operating in the in the big in the big U.S. organization and for people in the smaller Eastern European organization to learn from each other and to understand better how to communicate uh, and how to operate across borders. The final aspect I'd mention with regards to that is often through um, some of your, or in our case, through uh, some of our key talent development programs, we have as well as um, uh, providing an intense learning experience, we've been very deliberate around how we have the participants of those programs engage. So, for example, we had our Emerging Markets Future Leader Program. And within that, we had people from all over the world. And it was a very virtual program with a, a couple of in-face elements. But through that program, we inserted some action learning projects where people would be working across, uh, we had people from multiple markets working on a business issue that was not related to their country. Um, and it helped them build their network, their engagement, their understanding of broader issues well beyond the markets in which they were working. So again, that's another mechanism that you can use to develop uh, acumen. In this case, it was for our business leaders, but in a similar way, you could apply that within, within a pure HR context. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the final thing I'd mention uh, is actually with regards to the international assignments themselves. Um, and this is more of a return on investment um, angle. Uh, we spend, I think many companies spend a lot of money investing in sending people on international assignments, and, and, and whether it be longer term or short term, and, and a lot of focus on the going out process when people go out on assignment. And I don't think there's as much attention focused on the repatriation process. Um, and that's where a lot of risks exist because people have changed over the course of that assignment um, and their environment that they're going back to has changed. But we just naturally assume, assume that somebody is going back home as such, both in terms of their work environment and in terms of their home social environment. 
but over two or three years, things have changed and people have changed and and I see a lot of risk there and I think companies can invest a little bit more time in planning for that repatriation to ensure that the value of that investment is really recouped in later years. Tom, thank you, thank you very much um, yeah, for your time. Um, that was Simon Kulner, Executive Director, Global Talent Management at Merck, discussing the need for HR to develop a global business acumen. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.